Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael, and man, it, there's a lot. A lot has happened. Uh, we actually did an initial reaction podcast when the news broke that UCLA and USC would be leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. Did that on the draft pod with Jake Schwanitz and Henry Chisholm. That was just kind of our, our gut reactions to it all. I was obviously more cynical. I still am. Though I do think there is a scenario in which CSU could land in a conference that is better than the current Mountain West. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Probably going to have to break this into two pods. But I want to talk about the initial news that USC and UCLA are leaving. I want to talk about the Pac-12 and how it's been mismanaged. I want to talk about the networks and how they're all behind this. I want to talk about the Mountain West and you know, what the future might look like. I want to talk about what this might mean for the remaining Pac-12 teams, uh, what it could mean for teams like Notre Dame, Stanford, all of it. And then obviously we're going to lean heavy, you know, on on how this is is going to impact CSU potentially. I'll get into it in depth a little bit more later, but I, I just want to throw out real quick before we really dive into all of this, the just the fact that CSU has not been a more popular candidate that's being floated in, in any of this expansion conversation or you know realignment conversation is it's disheartening. I'm sure that CSU people are, are you know very active right now and, and you know trying to make the best pitch possible. And I do think that just that things are, are going in the right direction. I think you made a really good hire in Jay Norvell. I think that the direction of, of the football program is is relatively encouraging, you know, in a vacuum. When you factor in the current state of college football, that that's kind of a different story. But, you know, I, I think it, it really comes down to failing to establish consistent success from 2015 through, you know, 2021. Just, you know, I supported the, the Mike Bobo extension at the time. I wrote a column defending it, to be fair. But that obviously did not pan out in hindsight. Probably shouldn't have just been thrown out an extension that you didn't need to. I know that Bobo, you know, early on was kind of a, a popular candidate and he interviewed, I believe, for Missouri after his, his first year on the job. So there was a threat of losing him. You know, I'm not ripping on the admin. Again, I, I all things considered, I defended extending him when they did. That didn't, that just didn't work out. But after that, you know, you compound it by making just a horrible decision and, and hiring Steve Adazio. And there were a whole bunch of other weird things that were tied up in that with just, you know, uh, Joyce and, and 
you know, almost hiring Butch Davis and then obviously how Urban Meyer came into play. The whole thing was a debacle and then it played out even worse than you could have, you know, really dreamed. Just a total embarrassment. And, you know, the the TV interest dipped as a result. You know, people did not want to watch this team. The casual fans, especially the diehards, you know, people like me, you're in no matter what. The people that listen to this podcast, you're in no matter what. The casual CSU alum, you know, who probably only tunes in if you're relevant and winning, they why, why would you watch that Steve Adazio team? I mean, it was a really boring brand of football and they were getting their ass kicked. It'd be one thing if you were winning that way, but they weren't. I'll credit CSU for cutting ties much faster than I expected them to. It, it needed to be done. I mean, and especially in hindsight now with all this happening. I mean, could you imagine how the fans would feel going into this year if, you know, Adazio was the one leading the ship and the fans had to believe that he was the guy that was supposed to get this team rolling again and make them look relevant? Yikes. But anyways, sorry, a little bit of a rant there. I just think the fact that CSU in that, you know, six, seven year window after, you know, just kind of underwhelming after the success that you had with Jim McElwain and then really just compounding it by being, you know, relatively embarrassing for a couple of years. It's just been tough and it, it has not made CSU look like an attractive candidate in all this. Not when you need teams that are going to move the needle right now. You know, in the past, I think when it came to conference realignment and expansion, they factored the future into the equation much more. Obviously, you want teams that, you know, moving forward are, are on the right trajectory. But a big part of it is, is are you winning right now? And, and just this entire conversation has changed. I mean, academics used to play a much bigger role in all this university prestige. And it's all just kind of gone out the, the window for TV revenue. And while I don't blame the individual institutions for looking out for what's best for them and trying to get their piece of the pie, as a college football fan, as somebody that's loved this game his entire life, I just, I really hate the direction all of this has gone. And we have a ton to cover. We'll get into all of it. I'm trying not to get too worked up. But I really do think that down the line, once the novelty of all this wears off and, you know, we're watching Rutgers versus UCLA in November and it's a glorified exhibition and people are getting hurt after all the travel and the same top teams are still winning, you know, the Alabamas, the Ohio States of the world. People are going to wish that they just, they, they had what we used to have. Regional conferences with logical members and, you know, historical ties and just an impact in our day-to-day community. But again, I'll get into all of it, but let's, uh, let's start at the beginning And let's talk about why USC and UCLA are doing this. And to me, I think you kind of have to go back to just the fact that it's been a mismanaged league for a a really, really long time now. Like Mountain Mountain West fans love to bash Craig Thompson. And and believe me, there have been some missteps along the way. I I would say that he's largely steered the league through some tough times and, and done a relatively good job. I mean, they haven't had any defects since 2010 now, given the, the the state of college football the last 12 years. That's that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive recovery. After losing important members in TCU and, and BYU and Utah, the members they were able to add, Boise State, Fresno State, Nevada, Hawaii, I think those are good additions. Hawaii, you have to factor in the travel. San Jose State has never done anything for me. 
In fact, I actually despise them only because they beat CSU in, in 2013, my freshman year. And I guess subconsciously, I always held that against them. I haven't really thought about that until right now. I do think they are going to be one of the more fun teams in the league this year. But when I just when I look at what they've they brought to the table, not much. I mean, Utah State, that's been a really competitive basketball program. Football, obviously, has been solid as well. My, my point here is most of the teams that they've added were, were pretty impressive, or at the very least competitive. You know, it, it, it's tough when you're getting poached and you're losing teams like Utah and, and BYU. Were they able to add brands like that? No. I mean, Utah and TCU, people forget, at the end of their Mountain West tenure, like they were playing for BCS Bowls and you know, top 10 at, at times. Anyways, I'm, I'm going way into the weeds now, but I, I bring this up just to, just to point out that while Craig Thompson has not been, I, I don't think he's done a great job in terms of like taking the league to the next level, all things considered, I think he's kept it steady. I think that there's been continuity. They were able to get a better TV contract this time around. Back in the day, the mountain was actually a really good idea. And in hindsight, you know, I think he got blamed for some of that. I really think it just comes down to the fact that these cable companies suck. I mean, we're experiencing it now with Altitude and Comcast and all that. If you're a Comcast customer like me, you haven't been able to watch Altitude, the Nuggets, the Avalanche local teams, if you're out of state and unfamiliar with what's happening. We haven't been able to watch Altitude in like three years. So cable companies suck, and that killed what was a good idea in the mountain. And... <laughs> Anyways, I keep getting sidetracked, but my point is, is if you hate Craig Thompson, you should you should thank thank the heavens that Larry Scott was not the Pac-12 commissioner because he ran a conference with a century's worth of proud tradition and history into the freaking ground. They spent millions to unnecessarily have their conference offices in Los Angeles. Nobody could watch the Pac-12 network. I mean, he took a conference that was doing relatively well at, you know, at the, the turn of the century. And there's a lot of factors that go into the decline of the Pac-12. Part of the thing is also that the Big Ten and, and SEC have also taken all of the big-arm quarterbacks out of California that traditionally used to go to programs like USC and UCLA. But when it comes to the Pac-12 just completely falling off the map and no longer factoring into you know the conversation, I know it's a Power Five, but when it comes to football, like the Pac-12 was significantly below the other four, and it, it's reached a point where USC and and UCLA they're they're jumping ship, they're leaving schools that they've been playing, you know, like I said for a hundred years, and and they're diving headfirst into a massive pile of cash that you know is going to be created by this new this new iteration of the Big 10 and you know now we have the Big 10 and the SEC they're significantly significantly above the other power conferences i don't even know how we phrase it anymore but it, it really seems like we're getting closer and closer to just the the Big 10 and SEC being kind of their own deal almost like the AFC and NFC but you know a lot of that is going to be dependent on what happens with some of the top ACC targets, I mean, Clemson, Florida State, they would have to be pretty attractive to the SEC. If you're the Big Ten, I think you're probably looking at, you know, North Carolina, maybe Virginia, Duke, somebody like that. I mean, from a basketball perspective, that would be a no-brainer. But I guess it's it's probably just going to come down to what Fox and, and ESPN want because that's who's driving all of this. That's who's, you know, pushing all of this realignment. It's It's... 
really just comes down to greed, if we're being honest. I mean, I, I get it. It's always been a business. I'm not naive to any of that. But, you know, before we at least put up a little bit of a facade that, you know, there was an emphasis on, you know, the student athlete and, you know, being a, a versatile individual and getting a quality education and all that. And now you can just, I, I, I don't even want to hear it anymore because it's all bullshit. It is. I mean, if, if you have teams going across the country in November, you know, that's the heart of the semester. When, when are these people supposed to go to class? And what about all the Olympic sports that are going to have to do this? Because, you know, they're not sending the, the women's basketball team on a private charter from California to New York when Stanford has to, or when UCLA has to play Rutgers. It's fine. I mean, amateur has always been a loose concept anyways. But like I said, at this point, I, just, I don't want to hear it anymore. I, especially from the leagues and the representatives and stuff like that. Coaches, it's one thing because I do think that coaches care about these individuals and, and their be- betterment. At least some of them do, the good ones. But the only thing driving this expansion talk is just ESPN and, and Fox and how much money they can make and you know how much how much of the pie they can get. And it is it is what it is, you know. It, The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can also throw down major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game, parlay, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Personally, I've been fading the Rockies a little bit. Obviously, it's tough when they go up against the Dodgers. It, it breaks your heart, but you can, you, can, you can benefit monetarily. So I guess there are benefits to being bad sometimes. Got a series with the Diamondbacks coming up. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of offense, as there tends to be with those poor teams. Looking forward to it, though, nonetheless. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Uh, eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to talk about our friends over at FOCO. The clock has hit zeros and the Stanley Cup Finals has come to an end with your Colorado Avalanche defeating the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning four games to two. What has been an incredible season from start to finish, the Avalanche have brought home the Stanley Cup to Colorado for the first time since 01. Keep that celebration going with officially licensed 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champions merchandise from FOCO. The collection features everything from apparel like shirts, hats, and accessories to collectibles like player bobbleheads and plush toys. FOCO's got you covered with the best Colorado Avalanche merchandise. Head on over to FOCO.com and use the promo code DNVR to get 10% off your order. Again, that's FOCOFOCO.com and use that promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. All right, let's get back to it. feel like this was probably inevitable. I do think it happened much sooner than a lot of us anticipated. But the writing's been on the wall for quite some time and, you know, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC last summer was, you know, the really the first sign that 
Uh, we're, we're going towards this new era of college football. What that looks like, we shall see. But it seems like, you know, regional rivalries, conference history, tradition, a lot of the stuff that I love about college football, which is never going to be as clean of a product as the NFL, even with Super Leagues, that's all going out the window. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these other Pac-12 teams, right? Because no matter what, this is going to impact the Mountain West in some way. And I am going to talk about the impact on the Mountain West and on CSU specifically. But I don't think we can really accurately guess what's going to happen until we know what is happening, you know, with these 10 remaining teams. Like, could they just be the Pac-10 again? You don't have divisions anymore or you don't need divisions to have the the championship game. Is that enough, those 10 teams? Without USC and without UCLA, I don't know if that really moves the needle. Are, are they any more relevant in the conversation than the Mountain West at that point? And, you know, if, if you're these other members, if you're Utah, if you're Colorado, if you're Arizona, if you're Arizona State, can you really trust that Oregon and, and Washington are, are going to be committed to you guys long-term? I mean, I think in the back of your minds, you you fear that, you know, the, the Big Ten's going to come calling again a couple years from now, and then all of a sudden, then what do you do? You know, if you're those schools. So if you can jump to the Big 12 right now and, and find that stability, is is that beneficial? Personally, if I was Utah, if I was any of these other PAC schools, I'd, I'd be looking for a lifeline, and it sounds like a lot of them are. You know, it's been very widely reported that Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and CU are in deep conversations with the Big 12. It sounds like the Big 12 also had interest in Washington and Oregon, but it, it you know there's some hesitancy to team up with some of those teams in the Midwest. I think Oregon and, and Washington just view themselves higher in terms of like what their university prestige is than you know Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and some of those schools. Seems like it's you know more for political reasons than for judgmental reasons regarding the football product or something like that. I've seen some talk about Phil Knight, who's obviously, you know, the CEO, founder of Nike, big booster for Oregon, Stanford alum, has a lot of pride in, you know, the history of the Pac-10, the Pac-12, and, you know, could he save it? Could he, you know, come up with enough, I don't know, interest, or could he come up with a way, I guess, to just keep everybody together? Maybe so. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how in tune, you know, those 10 are regarding their future and, and how, again, just how much they trust each other. Personally, if I was a, a representative at CU, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, you know, all these schools, I, I would certainly, I, I would keep my options open. And, you know, it sounds like Cal and Washington State and Oregon State have reached out to the the Mountain West, according to some reports that have come out, Craig Thompson has gone on record that Pac-12 teams and Big 12 teams, actually, according to him, have reached out to the conference. The Twitter rumblings are that, you know, those teams are Washington State, Oregon State, and Cal. That would make sense. It'd be great to team up with Stanford if he could, too, but I think that they think too highly of themselves to be with the Mountain West. That's just my personal opinion on the situation. Again, not inside information. But I do think it's just going to come down to trust, you know, trust that they would stay together. And personally, again, I don't know if I could feel that great about it with the the Big Ten potentially looming. And I do think a, a big factor in that is if the Big Ten is able to get Notre Dame, because all of the reports that are come out recently are that the Big Ten really wants Notre Dame. If they add Notre Dame, there's a good chance they add Stanford. 
if they add Stanford, then you also add Oregon and Washington. You'd have a nice little West Coast footprint with Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA and then Stanford, which also has a historic rivalry with Notre Dame. You've got the Notre Dame-USC rivalry as well. All of that makes sense, but it sounds like it's it's all kind of dependent on adding Notre Dame. And without adding Notre Dame, they're not sure if they want to add Stanford or Oregon or Washington because they're not sure if it is going to increase the, the, the pie. And again, this is all just based on you know the reports that have come out. As it currently stands, it seems like Notre Dame wants to remain independent. They've always done that, at least on the football side. They're in the ACC for the rest of their sports. My guess is as long as they believe that they can still factor into the college football playoff conversation, why leave? Because, I mean, they've, they've always had an opportunity to make more money by being in a conference. It's not like they're hurting for money based on their solo deal with NBC but I, I think they like having 100% of the spotlight. You know, you have flexibility to schedule whoever you want. I mean, there's there's a lot of perks if your brand is large enough to sustain it. And Notre Dame's is. But if, you know, all of a sudden they, they can't get into the, the playoff because, you know, we just we value the, the Big Ten and the SEC conference slate so much with all these powerhouses in both of those leagues, then I think you have to ser- seriously consider looking at it and we're probably pretty close to that point just based on my, my personal opinion. So going back to those four corner schools, you know, if you're Arizona, if you're Arizona state, if you're Utah, if you're CU, not only do you have to worry about, you know, keeping all 10 of you guys in, in lockstep, the, the remaining pac 12 members, but you've got to worry what might happen with Notre Dame down the line. And you know that, how that could impact you. And because of that, I just think those schools are going to end up in the Big 12. I really do. If and when that happens, that's when it really gets interesting for the Mountain West, for CSU specifically, because, you know, do those six remaining teams from the pack, do they try and bridge the gap and get to 10 by adding like CSU and San Diego State and Boise State and Fresno State maybe? Two more California schools keeps your local footprint you got a strong west coast presence still keeps the travel down the travel costs down for your olympic sports you get the denver market back or you know if if those four corner schools if utah the arizona schools and cu do go to the big 12 is that enough to push washington and oregon over the edge to join the big 12 now and even though they'd rather be in the big 10 down the line they just do it for if nothing else, kind of like the false sense of stability because there never seems to actually be stability with college football. One way or another, though, this is definitely going to impact the Mountain West. It's going to impact CSU. There's a potential that it ends up being better for CSU. There's a potential that it ends up being negative for CSU. And uh, I'm going to talk about all that, but I'm going to talk about all that on uh, this next part. Like I said, I'm going to split up the pod into two parts here. So let's just keep it rolling. Out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be. I got blood on my shirt, 
like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head So now she's rocking my tees, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to lead But I'm so thankful for these days, they put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly, till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis You said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely You can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp 404s and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every Every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy play the drums My mama slap that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days They put a smile on my face